0: Welcome to Cincy Reformed. I'm Pastor Brandon, joined with Pastor Zach. We are pastors at Westside Reformed Church, a URC congregation in Cincinnati, Ohio. And today we wanted to speak about reflections on Synod, so the URCNA just had just held their synod, and we wanted to talk about just some some reflections. But before we do, Zach, maybe you could help our listeners who maybe they don't know what synod means. Maybe they're in a denomination that doesn't have these kind of structures in place. Maybe you can introduce for our listener what that what that word means, what it uh, how it functions and, and all of that. Sure, sounds good. Well
1: the word synod is a traditional term that's used in Christian um, denominations to refer to a, a, a very broad meeting with delegates from all across um, a nation or from all across the denomination, it's um, diff- distinct from the a local church assembly where elders meet together, or a regional assembly, which can be called a presbytery or a classis, or maybe if you're from a more episcopal governance, a, a diocese. The Synod is the, the furthest reaching, or, or sometimes called a general synod. It's um, when people from all parts of the denomination gather together to deliberate, to make decisions that impact the entire uh, denomination. So we held that um, in October. It's been delayed for a couple of years because of COVID stuff, but we convened in uh, Buffalo, New York and had some crazy wind from mm-hmm. Lake, uh, at lake right. Erie, and it was just, I was glad that we were inside for the most of it, that's, <laughs> that's uh, for certain. But um, yeah, Brent, I guess it was kind of your first experience there. You've been to some classes mm-hmm. meetings before, of course, and mm-hmm. you were examined at a classes meeting, and as was I, I mean, years ago. But um, your first time uh, observing a synod, uh, what were some of your initial
0: thoughts as somebody who was seeing it for the first time? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, coming out of a more Baptistic tradition, it was it was interesting to see synod because I, you know, as a Baptist, I had been to some of the uh, um, assemblies that um, uh, that the SBC had. But it was interesting in in terms of some of the differences, whereas in a more when you're in an independent kind of autonomous church setting, those meetings don't really have direct authority over the church i mean we we would vote on things and do things uh that was in cooperation but there was nothing that was done that had like direct authority that had to like come back into my church or something like that and a lot of the the meetings in the more baptistic settings were I mean it was more of an event you know there was you know various sermons, there were choirs, there were you know a lot of a lot of uh, things to kind of be entertained by people people would bring the whole families and it was this kind of a big event, yes, things were voted on, but i i don't the in the in the meetings that i that I was in there wasn't a ton of deliberation on the floor there wasn't a lot of People standing up to to speak um, for or against something being proposed. Um, the, the, there wasn't much of that, and then so go to synod, and that's happening. The whole time i mean the, the the whole time there's things being proposed it's being debated there's people standing up to the microphones uh, speaking for against or uh, opposing amendments on the floor, and people countering it and I mean it was just an, an interesting back and forth that and and real big things were, were being brought up in Synod things that had had the potential to really kind of reshape even. Uh, the way the the Federation looks or a way in which the Federation operates to some degree and so that there were some things of magnitude that were being debated and uh, voices were welcomed and microphones were stacked up with people and Robert's Rules was in play um, and even at times people were ch- would challenge the chair and it was just an interesting thing to see how the the Federation works and that it's not just this, I don't know, kind of song and dance show, but but it, it's something that is super important, uh, something that uh, has the potential to um, again reshape things and so just the importance of Synod is uh, was, was I think evident um, when I was there and I also appreciated how all the ministers who were delegates um, could, could uh, stand up, could speak, and many of them felt, uh, uh, felt that they uh, had to speak at certain times to either uh, oppose something or to commend something. And, uh, but the overall sense of synod was that something of, great, of a great magnitude was happening. But also, it was a unifying event as well. I mean, the the ministers, even if they uh, uh, had some uh, uh, had different sides in a particular issue, were united, and um, everybody left united. And so it was a, just a great, uh, great picture of unity uh, of of ministers of the word, elders coming together to deliberate on extremely important matters for the federation and. It was just a a, um, a stark contrast to to a more independent um, association type of of meeting that that I was accustomed to. You know, if I can just jump in right here, I think maybe um,
1: I hope it's not getting too much in the weeds here, but maybe to, to uh, mention a little bit more about what you just said, so people who've never seen something like this can maybe understand more of the inner workings. Mm-hmm. There is an advance of the meeting, a large agenda that's created. Ours this year was about 350 pages. And so all the delegates are expected to have digested that before you arrive. And it's pretty intense stuff. I mean, it's very, um, uh, there's a lot of information within those 350 pages. And each local church, uh, for our general synod, each church sends two delegates. Normally that's one minister and one elder that are then sent to the meeting. So we have about 125 churches, and so you could have up to 250 delegates, I think probably because of travel issues for some, our delegation is probably about 200 that were there, about 50-50 ministers and elders, uh, ruling elders that is. And then from that, um, the agenda that's created and all the committees that report and overtures that are sent to change things, from that there are what's called advisory committees and those are broken out to um, uh, so the, those advisory committees can digest the matter um, more in depth, and then bring a digested response to the to the plenary session to the main floor. And so they've already done some of the work of deliberation, and they bring that to the 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 general um, assembly, the plenary se- session, in order that the things can be officially voted on at that point. So it kind of goes back and forth between those advisory committees that then bring advice to the plenary session and then the plenary session takes an action to either agree with the advisory committee or not or to change some things that, that were that's brought forward. So yeah, a lot of back and forth there kind of occurs and a lot of debate happens, not just in the advisory committee, but on the plenary session, as you said. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the week you're you're there from Monday night until Friday about lunch or Friday afternoon, there's a lot that happens. It's a very uh, busy, busy week. you probably experienced that. It's, <clears throat> I think some people think that you're just going on vacation. <laughs> it's like, no, you You start work at 8 in the morning and you're probably finishing at 9, maybe 9.30 or 10 at night. It is grueling. It
0: is absolutely exhausting. Yeah. So, Zach, you mentioned, you know, things are being debated. What were some issues maybe that were kind of brought up, debated mm. at this particular sentence?
1: Yeah, I mean, a few of the bigger points of debate were things like um, how whether we would go to a more national synod um, approach of things, and I can maybe talk about that in a second here. Talked about um, our how we are going to cooperate and to support uh, missions, both home missions and foreign missions. Um, again, we can talk about that again in a second. I think. A, um, a couple other uh, big ticket items we were discussing some uh, how, how our appeals are being handled and how if somebody has a complaint about a procedure or a decision that's made, how do we as a um, federation um, uh, properly take that into consideration to ensure that um, complaints are being heard correctly. Um, so I think those are some of the bigger ones, maybe some more of the controversial ones. And then there are certainly some other things, you know, maybe a little bit more, uh, more minor in terms of how, like, small changes to our church order, small changes to um, how we, you know, well, we have, you know, websites, new websites going to be coming out in the future, just things like that that may be less mm-hmm. uh, impactful, but still um, important. So those are a few of the things. Where do you want me to start in place in um, particular?
0: Maybe you can explain this National Synod idea.
1: Yeah, um, so I guess the we, in the end, voted not to go forward with a national synod, but I think that there were uh, helpful perspectives raised, and I think that it's pretty clear to, to people, it was probably clear by the end to the delegates, that eventually we're going to need to um, change how we do our general synod meeting, because when you have 200 plus uh, delegates in a room, it can be hard to have everyone's voices heard and have good, uh, proper debate. It ends up becoming a thing where maybe only a handful of men are speaking at the microphones and that um, the vast majority uh, just simply don't. And if they were, if everyone were trying to do so, it would be impossible. So in other words, uh, when, a, when a denomination gets to a certain size, then you eventually need to get to a point where you begin to delegate from, not from the local church, but from a regional assembly instead. And so we voted in the end, not to go forward with a national synod approach. In other words, to have a Canadian synod and a United States synod, and then to have delegation, um, to toward a general synod from that or from the the regional classes, but to basically to, to tailor back or to, uh, scale back how large the general synod, um, ends up becoming. But, um, it seems like that's probably going to happen in the future, sure. so it was, I think a helpful conversation to begin, even if it takes a few more synods to actually get to that point. I think it was important
0: to bring that up, so yeah, no, that's helpful, and we also talked a lot about how do we oversee missionaries, both foreign missionaries, home missionaries how do um what did what did the synod decide to do yeah we um yeah,
1: within our church polity, our ecclesiastical governance. We place a lot of um, emphasis on the authority of the local consistory, and that the consistory is the body that calls ministry, missionaries, sends missionaries, oversees worship, is responsible for things like church discipline. But then we also recognize that there's a necessity of cooperation, especially when we're thinking about the kind of foreign mission field. How then are we gonna work together to make sure that our missionaries are taken care of both financially um, in terms of prayers, general support, collaborating, coordinating together to make sure that a, uh, a mission field is being um, uh, taken care of in order that we're not just sending out like one lone ranger missionary to plant one lone ranger church and that they're just sitting there all by themselves um, you know, for, for decades to come. So mm-hmm. the, the questions are becoming, how do we as a federation ensure that we're not only planting churches, but we're planting really healthy churches, and that we're establishing uh, regional assemblies and eventually denominations in overseas um, situations. And so that was, I think, really uh, good um, uh, conversations that took place. And so what ended up happening was that we are approaching things a little bit asymmetrically. So when we think about our home missions, I think that we're putting more of an emphasis on our classes, AKA Presbytery, to, um, uh, to really support and to uh, mobilize uh, church planting and coordination and cooperation there. And so while we have a, um, a home uh, missions committee for our whole um, federation, we don't have a home missions coordinator, at least not yet, but rather we're trying to put the, um, the focus of, uh, of uh, we're trying to empower the, uh, the regional assembly to really support and help and energize, catalyze church planting. But over in terms of our foreign missions, we have not only a foreign missions committee, but we also have a foreign missions coordinator. And so our current uh, missions coordinator, Uh, Richard, Reverend Richard Bout, who has served our entire federation, both foreign and domestic, he is now being um, encouraged and and he's been appointed to serve only the foreign fields to really focus his energy on those foreign fields to encourage collaboration, coordination in those um, foreign mission contexts. So, again, a little bit of an asymmetry there, but basically, we decided as a federation that that asymmetry is important because the uh, foreign fields are uh, in need of much more support and that um, the foreign fields have a lot higher task in front of them to establish classes and, and denominations in due time. And so that's uh, kind of where we went with that.
0: That's helpful. Yeah, I mean, um, one thing that <clears throat> that also stuck out to me uh, this past synod was how careful people were being in terms of even language being used. And, and there, were, there were times where we, we were debating language about policies and, and how should it be worded because we don't want to word it the wrong way. Because If you word it one way, people could take it in a weird direction. Um, or you they they could imply something else that was not Mm. uh, intended and so you know there were some back and forth it was a little bit tedious at at times but it got really tedious it it did get tedious you know should we use the word the or the word this (laughs) and um, but at the same time it it, it was important and we need to get words right words matter and words can um, can lead us astray if we use the wrong ones and so you know it it was it was it was a it was helpful to see the importance that was being you know, and the the emphasis that was given, uh, even even as some of those days kind of kind of dragged out and uh, in uh, tedious ways, but yeah, some of the some of the more senior um, delegates who were there, who've been in Minnesota
1: mini said that our conversation about missions was the longest um, <laughs> conversation deliberation on one topic that they can remember, and that was by far the the longest. So, but again, if you're going to talk about something that's going to be lengthy, I mean. Missions is probably the right place to be putting mm. your emphasis, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's fine by me if that's a, the thing that we're talking about the most. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So, so Zach, any any closing reflections or anything that you would oh, uh, want our reader or listener rather to to take away?
1: Um, well, I, I think that um, it was just I think maybe this it was really good because when you have uh, men who've not seen each other for four years getting together. Coming from different um, parts of the country, coming mm-hmm. from different maybe um, theological points of emphasis, mm-hmm. um, it's just good. It's it's good to have to get together. It's good to have some debate and deliberation. It's good to see that on one matter, maybe you know th- there there are these different groups who are you know uh, debating each other. But on the very next issue on the agenda, that the teams, if you can put it that way, have completely changed. And so then you're on the same side as people who you're just arguing against, and it it's a very unifying thing, and I think that it um, does serve the the well-being and the unity of our of our federation. And so I just appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that men were there who were not there with big egos and trying to make a name for themselves, but really trying to seek the the long-term viability, the long-term purity and faithfulness, fidelity of united reformed churches and committed to seeing the gospel go forward and so on the whole I think just thought it was a great uh, great week and um, encouraging
0: one so yeah what what about you Brandon any kind of closing reflections? Uh, No I mean just to echo what you said it was great to see people from churches that I've um, never visited and uh, from people from all all over the country even in, uh, um, in Canada we also had some People from um, sister denominations uh, in like Latvia and mm. and, and South Africa, India. India, Australia. So it was just great to, to fellowship with those brothers and see how ministry and those mm. other parts of the or parts of the world rather uh, are are being done and some of the challenges that they're facing that maybe we're not facing and to and to pray for each other. It was, it was I think it was a great experience.
1: Yeah, and I, on that point, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I forgot we'd uh, intended to speak on that, but. Uh, That's one of the key things I think that's really beautiful about a Mm -hmm. Synod meeting because you have uh, delegates not only from your denomination, but from those that you have ecumenical ties to Mm -hmm. that come and they they actually are welcome to participate in the debate. They can't necessarily vote, but they're there to be an onlooker, to make sure that things are being conducted in faithfulness. Mm -hmm. They're there to give updates on their denominations. And then they can participate as they see fit to speak into our context from their vantage point as well. So when you have men from India who are talking about how within their um, rural village church planting that they've had people imprisoned and even martyred for the Christian faith, I and mean, that just sobers you up right there, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And people from Australia and, like you said, Latvia. I mean, it was just a very uh, moving time to, to hear people from across the world uh, come to join us and to speak into our context and be part of those deliberations. So, yeah, absolutely. yeah thanks for mentioning yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, really good. Thank well, thanks for joining us today on this um, episode of the Cincy Reform Podcast. We hope it's been encouraging for you as well. We um, will invite you to come and join us if you're in the Cincinnati area at uh, Westside Reform Church. You can find us at westsidereform.org. And if you appreciate this episode, give us a five star review. And uh, listen to our other episodes. You can find out our podcast on our, on our podcast feed or at cincyreformed.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.